0: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
1: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said I'm never drinking again and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why
0: everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol.
1: On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy.
0: Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health.
1: Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you.
0: Oh, that mean I become boring, though, Vic?
1: Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Lick it, lick it, lick it, lick it. Oh. Lick, Come it. On, Alan. Go on. lick it Go on Lick it Oh boo He's not going to lick it Boring boo. Boring Alan <laughs> God He's bloody Not giving in to us Is he No The guy's strong He's strong He's gone off now again He's always stomping around Out there Being pissed off
0: <laughs> He's like a troll Isn't
1: he He is We used to call him the troll yeah. Lucy and I The troll The king of the booth <laughs> He's in charge of us. He is. What's it called when he's like pacing around out there? Yeah, he, he won't is. lick it anyway, will he?
0: He is the star of the podcast. He's he my is fa- the star. He, when I was a listener, he was my favourite thing about podcasts. I only listen because
1: of him. Yeah. I'm only here to see Alan. I turn off after the
0: first six seconds when his bits are done.
1: Yeah, he's doing <laughs> a V sign at you out the window. <laughs> Oh, so, Hamish, we're here in the booth, of course, with Alan pacing around outside. And you have finished a marathon today, is yes, that correct?
0: I've had quite the day. So, I did the Sunshine Coast Half Marathon this morning. I did it in the mankini. Of course. And in order last year, I did it in the mankini on the day that was meant to be my wedding day. So, I had it written on my bum, today was meant to be my wedding day, and which lots of people today remembered. They're like, you did it last year, was it your wedding, did you get married? And then this year, because we have the podcast and we have a very small marketing budget... <laughs> (laughs) I wrote on my bum the Sober Awkward podcast. Yay. So I'm hoping people listen. But what I try to do, I actually implemented a bit of a yoga technique, which is to have an intention for the workout. So what I did, and I did this throughout my training as well, is I would have the cuppa playlist on. So that is the playlist that we've got on Spotify, which our listeners have added to, which is songs which make them sort of dance around the kitchen when they're happy in their sobriety. So as every song that came on, I tried to think of one of our listeners who would have added that to the playlist and sort of dedicate The time that I spent running to that song to them. So even though they are faceless, I don't know who they are. I want everyone to know whether or not you listen to the podcast today or in a week or in a year that I thought about you. For a song today.
1: Oh, how nice, Hamish. I think having an intention like that when you're doing a sport or doing anything gives everything so much more purpose. Yes. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's good.
0: Particularly oh. good in running when you start feeling painful, particularly if you're wearing a bankini and you go, OK, yeah. why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. And you remember something important and it can help get you through the tough times.
1: Can you tell me about the um, bottom rub? The bottom rub? Yeah, didn't you put some sort of oh, ointment yes. on your bottom?
0: So, this stuff, I should be sponsored by these guys. Yeah. It is called Aussie butt cream. So, oh, that's right. In England, I used to wear body glide, which cyclists use. Body glide is very interesting because it kind of comes out like a Pritt stick. So, there's a turny bit at the bottom and it comes out at the right. top. Right. And so, I can remember I did the first marathon I did in the Mancini was in Barcelona. And I had one leg up on the bed and one on the floor at four in the morning. Prit sticking my bum Or well, my crack Not with, for the first time With, with Body glide, And that was the moment When my then girlfriend Woke up I Was like right. What the hell Are you doing <laughs> So then I Then I used Vaseline And now I use Aussie butt cream Right This is a trick That I never thought That I would know In my life as well Very important You go Aussie butt cream first Then sun cream then you write with the Sharpie. Okay. Any other order and the Sharpie smudges.
1: Can you let me know next time if you need any help?
0: <laughs> well, actually this morning. So Sonny did not sleep last night. Yeah. So it got to Liz said, look, when just before you leave, which is gonna be four forty five this morning, wake me up and I'll write on your bum. Yeah. And I heard Sunny screaming all last night. Oh. So I opened the door at four forty five and I said, like, I don't have the nerve to wake her. So I closed the door, I texted my friend Rich who was also running with me. I said, yeah. bit of a weird request. <laughs> You're the first person ever that I haven't been in a relationship who I need to write on my bum. And... (laughs) Phenomenal handwriting, probably the oh, best good. we've ever had. Yeah, you
1: didn't have to put the bum cream on, your friend. No, he didn't have to do that Okay, just fun. Have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be traumatized, Zero yeah. dear, oh dear. And how did you do? Good time, best
0: time. Yeah, beat oh, last year's time. Best time, well done. Yeah, no, very happy. Oh, good work. Yeah, we'll be sharing.
1: Goal. We'll be sharing those pictures of we Hamish. Will.
0: I think I already have. Yeah. Okay,
1: there's probably a few on there already mm. of him with his bottom out running the Sunshine Coast Marathon. Yes, what a superstar. <laughs> we couldn't have anyone better on this podcast, really, Hamish, could we?
0: Well, we were actually. We should mention. We were you were going to set me that as a challenge. Yeah, We thought that's a good challenge to do sober. But I love doing this. So we thought it was a bit of a cop-out
1: of a challenge. Yes, yeah, too much of a cop-out. Because yeah. actually, any excuse for Hamish to get his mankini <laughs> on and do a marathon, it's like, there's no persuasion <laughs> yeah. needed, is there? I don't, I don't know. it's something broken in me that I enjoy doing that. <laughs> so weird. Just public nudity. Yeah, a good bit of public nudity. You can't beat it.
0: But you're probably wondering, why the hell did we start the podcast screaming, lick, 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 lick it to Alan? The reason is... Today's episode is about peer pressure.
1: Oh yes, Alan doesn't give in easily to peer pressure, (laughs) I can assure you. It's a trick that I have used and abused throughout my life. Peer pressure
0: and alcohol have gone hand in hand since day one. I like to think of peer pressure as the thing that turns our best mates from loyal companions into Gollum. They encourage us to join them, pop another bottle of their precious little favourite drinky.
1: Yes, my precious. In last week's episode, we spoke about how to get through a big event sober. Well, one of the biggest challenges you were faced in doing this is beating peer pressure. So we're going to focus a whole episode on just that. Why is this such an important topic to discuss in relation to drinking?
0: So firstly, it's because it's both the reason so many of us overdrink and it's one of the biggest obstacles we face in maintaining our sobriety.
1: We want to cover the whole spectrum from your mate encouraging you to try your first flaming Sambuca to the sneaky nobody will ever know comments when you're trying to kick the habit.
0: Very little good has ever come from peer pressure. Trust us. In today's episode, we want to get to the bottom of what peer pressure truly is, why it has such an effect on us and what we need to do in order to fight it off.
1: Yep, that's right. Today, we're going to transform you from a drunken sheep into a sober tiger.
0: When I first wrote that I thought this is too cheesy But now you said it I quite like it
1: Never too cheesy I reckon
0: (laughs) It was the guru that got me
1: (laughs) There's only one way to start isn't there Hamish
0: By telling everyone my dirty little secret about
1: shots No that'll come later Let's start with the sexy social science Okay
0: so what is peer pressure Hmm. Peer pressure is when you choose to do something you wouldn't otherwise do because you feel accepted and valued by your friends. To
1: put it shortly, it's a type of social influence and we begin to feel it when we are very young. At school,
0: it might present itself as being influenced into skipping class, cheating on your homework, dressing in a certain way or even bullying a particular child.
1: And it can get even more dangerous in your teenage years when you might be pressured into having sex, smoking, taking drugs or drinking alcohol before you feel ready. I remember being swayed by my mates all the time to do all sorts of silly shit. Knock down ginger, being Uh, one...
0: What on earth is Knockdown Ginger?
1: It has nothing to do with people with ginger hair.
0: I thought, yeah, I thought there was like, bully the ginger child, no. hit him with your car.
1: <laughs> I don't know where that name comes from, actually. We'll have to look it up. But what it was is when you went and rapped on a neighbour's door, knocked really hard and then ran away and sort of hid behind a fence laughing as they came out. And then you just kept on doing it just to what? annoy people. Why
0: is it called Knockdown
1: Ginger? I have no idea. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> I used to do fence hopping with my mates. They'd be like, go on, Vic, do the fence hopping, which is when you run through the gardens. If you live in an estate, you'd run through the gardens and jump over everyone's fences until everyone's chasing you down the street. There was cow tipping, which I won't go into. Have you ever tried that, Hamish?
0: (laughs) No, but I've seen videos. It's quite good.
1: It's not good. It's bad. It's very bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, but I see it's cruel. It's cruel. So I was always persuaded by my mates. I mean, I was up for it.
0: The truth is we are social beings. We are designed to want to conform, to fit in and be liked. It's far easier to be a sheep than it is to stand out, to go against the grain and say no.
1: Particularly in our younger years when we're still figuring ourselves out and may have not fully established our values and morals.
0: The good news is that although it may seem difficult to fight peer pressure, it is not
1: impossible. You have probably done it once and you will do it again. We believe in you.
0: Rather than run you through our entire life stories of times when we have succumbed to peer pressure, let us focus specifically on alcohol. Vic, take it away.
1: Well, I had a big think about this. There are a few times over my life where I have been influenced by people, of course. I remember my cousins making me down shots out of the drinks cabinet. I remember friends forcing whiskey down my throat when I was ill, like hot toddies and things like that. But when I really thought about it, about the amount of times, it was very, very minimal compared to the amount of times I have peer pressured somebody else. So what I worked out when we looked into this topic, Hamish, was that I was the instigator. I was the one peer pressuring everybody else into drinking. And I do sort of sense some guilt about that nowadays. I sort of feel terrible for being the one that berated everyone if they weren't drinking, but that was kind of my role and it was so ingrained in me that, of course, I didn't know another way of being. There are not many times where I've succumbed to peer pressure (laughs) in 25 years because it was me. I was your classic beer bully. I was the one saying, come on, let's get another round in. You're boring if you don't join me. I was the one that really gave people a hard time if they tried to sidestep a shot for example example. If I was getting the shots in and you were like, no, I would be literally prizing your mouth open and pouring it down your neck. And if you didn't do it, then I'd probably be pissed off with you for the rest of the night and be like, well, don't come near me because you're not my kind of person. Mm. So if people didn't give in to my peer pressure, I didn't like them, which is really fucked up. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm talking about myself and I admit it. And I actually hated being around sober people that weren't giving in to my peer pressure. I just thought they were the biggest dullards, squares, do-gooders, the sort of people that you know do bird watching and collect coins like alan (laughs) (laughs) well did anyone try peer pressure on you once you had given up it has happened Mm. but i know how i was like before so i don't i know i don't have to give into it and they probably don't want to be around me and that's fine (laughs) but like it is an odd one i would always be the person sort of dragging someone off the dance floor Buying you a drink, even if you didn't want one, begging you Mm. to stay on. And I didn't like it if people questioned that. I kind of made out that they were the bad person and I was the one doing the right thing. (laughs) I do feel bad about it now. And probably I would hate myself on a night out. Like I would be the worst (laughs) person to come into contact with nowadays. I would be so rude to me. I'd be like, who the hell are you telling me what to do? Like, what the fuck? But at least now I can see the error of my ways. Mm I was a baddie, but I'm a goodie now, so it's all right. Okay. If you say so yourself. Yeah.
0: I'm going to tell you my dirty secret about shots.
1: Excellent. Okay.
0: I have never enjoyed a shot that I've ever drunk.
1: I... Totally get that. I wonder whether there's more people out there that have ever really enjoyed a shot.
0: It's honestly the worst gift you could possibly spend your money on to give me. And yeah. everyone always buy. You know, I don't think I've ever bought myself a shot. I don't oh. want them. People buy them for you. I'm like, no, keep the money. Yeah. Drop the money would be a better way to spend it. Than at yeah. least someone else picks it up. Give it to charity. Please don't buy me a shot. I hate them. Shot,
1: shot, shot, <laughs> shots. You see someone appearing around yeah. the corner with a tray. Come on, shot, shot.
0: And I'm my head, You ask. Oh. Oh. and then yeah, I regularly throw them over my shoulder. Yeah. I'm not even drinking them quite a lot of the time. I just hate them.
1: Did and it make you vomit?
0: Yes. Yeah, it made yeah, me vomit. Yeah, yeah, Tequila yeah. shots. I was. I don't really throw up if I'm just drinking beer, but as soon as the spirit comes in, yeah. yeah, more often than not, I am. Yeah. When we first started drinking, the more you drank, the cooler you were. So what I would do in order to sort of hide is I would drink really slowly. So everyone would have four beers, right? Because you're 15 or 16. And I would drink really slowly. So it would take me forever to get through, but no one could really notice that I still had two left when everyone else had finished. Yeah. Another thing that I've never been able to do is I've never been able to down a pint. I can't do it. I don't find it cool. It, most of it goes over my clothes and then I'm just so what, drenched all night.
1: Even if someone's there going, me, for example, yep. down it down it, down it. Would you give in to no, that?
0: Now I don't, actually. No. Well, now I really, now I don't even no, drink pints. But, yeah. but no, as soon as I got older, I was like, no, I it, I know how this plays out. You'll find it funny because I either burp or it goes all the way down my front yep. or all over the table. But either I just want to sip it in my own time and also like it's, bollocks game it's not a funny game to make someone down a pint so you generally
1: don't give into peer pressure is what you're saying not with not with that
0: anymore no not with that okay um but yeah of course i give up peer pressure like i've regularly gone out on nights out and i don't want to go out on nights out because i've been pressured into it yeah and particularly at uni when people go this is what uni's all about yes and they would give you a k cider do you drink k cider no 99 percent of the time when you walk past someone who's sleeping on the streets and is passed out from booze They have a K cider. It's
1: very strong, it's is it? It's a
0: black can mm. with a red K on it. It's about eight and a half percent. There are videos of people on YouTube who will drink like six and lock themselves in a room with a webcam and you watch them go, Ape shit. Oh, God, like, it's that's a very awful. yeah, yeah, it's a wild drink. So people go, We're gonna have a night out, I don't want one. K cider. And then you're going out whether or not you like it or not.
1: Well, so you drink, so you get forced into drinking a really strong alcohol yep. by your mates yep. because they know that if you drink that one can, you're going to be three sheets to the wind, and you're going to be easily persuaded to go out with them yes. and act out. And case
0: drunk is a different type of drunk to any other. I drunk.
1: mean, that's pretty fucked up, really, to like yeah. make someone drink a really strong alcohol. I know I've done it as well in the past. Like, you have drinks at home before you go out, and there's what one person there that doesn't want to drink. You're like, oh, go on, have one. You sort of pretend that you're persuading them to have one because you know once they've had Mm. that one all of their inhibitions and moodiness or anything has gone out of the window and they're right there with you
0: well it's these wanky lines like this is what uni's all about or we'll sleep when we're dead like all of those bollocks that you buy into (laughs) i don't know how many times i fell for it what another secret of mine is having lived in Australia, I miss most of my friends' weddings. I'm sad to miss weddings. Yeah, I am not sad to miss stag do's. I've no. been to one stag do my whole life and I didn't even have a stag do myself, which actually was a massive relief. I think stag do's... I've dreaded my own stag do for 10 years because mm. I knew what it would be like I know what I'm like with booze the stag is always the person having the least fun at stag do I don't want to be forced into drinking anything I don't want to drink so I was so chuffed when there was just no chance I was going to have a stag do and I was yeah. so pleased about oh, it because
1: your wife was so heavily well, pregnant she was pregnant. As well, there, there she? was only four
0: people at our wedding the wedding was kind of a surprise oh, we don't know enough people up here yeah I was, I was thrilled
1: I was very similar because I was three months pregnant at my hen do yeah. so I was so relieved because it was something I dreaded as well because I knew it was just going to be a nightmare and I was going to be totally wasted. But of course I didn't drink and actually there were three hospitalizations on my hen night from various family members for getting so drunk because my dad had spiked the punch with gin and I hadn't had any of course but it was really interesting for me for the first time to watch everyone around me get totally slaughtered and I got this little window of sobriety because I was pregnant going oh my god this is actually really weird. Everyone's really off their heads. It was a horrible feeling but it was actually kind of what led me to thinking about being sober. So- I actually thought
0: you were going to say my dad had spiked the punch with meth.
1: No. <laughs>
0: your eyes went a bit wild when you said that. I was like,
1: no. "She, she say meth? Not with meth, yeah. no.
0: For those listeners who've gotten over the first hurdle and given up drinking, what should they expect next in terms of peer pressure? Vic, I know you took a long time between giving up drinking and announcing it to your mates. Were you worried that they would try and convince you otherwise?
1: I was hoping they wouldn't, Yeah. but I knew that that was my entire personality was being a drinker. So I was kind of prepping myself for some awkward conversations because I knew people are going to be like what's wrong with you are you pregnant was always going to be mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. what's happened to you because it's a big change and people were not expecting it because i kept it a secret for so long and they want to get why. their own back they want you to get their own years. back for me being an <laughs> asshole to them for so many years stealing their pints like we did in the yeah. money episode yeah and then asking them to hold my ponytail as i regurgitated mm-hmm. sort of tequila shots but Absolutely. i was scared of telling people because of that reason because i I'd always been so responsible for the party for so many years and I think people liked that about me and by me giving up drinking and no longer giving into peer pressure or giving people peer pressure, it was like I was handing over my entire identity to mm. someone and it would have been confusing for people to confront this new version of me, this sort of do-gooder kind of no I don't drink, thank <laughs> you very much and I was embarrassed because no one really knew I was an over-drinker because I managed to disguise my drinking amongst the crowd, absorb it amongst the people that I surrounded myself with. So that can be quite hard when you tell people you stop and when you're not giving in to peer pressure anymore because they don't really know that you had a problem. And that's the problem with like socialised binge drinking, like socially normalised binge drinking, is that people don't know that there's a problem. So when you stop, they find it a bit odd and a bit confronting Mm. and they don't really want to be around you. That softens after a a while. I was scared to tell my family and friends and I was scared that I was going to be quite isolated like I was sort of cut off from the world but that didn't happen at all.
0: Do you think it was easier for you to give up having had kids and being at that stage in your life than if you'd been in your 20s?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you give up in your 20s, it means you're sort of a leader type, a kind Mm. of groundbreaker. And the opinions of others don't matter. But of course, for me, I was the classic people pleaser. So the opinions of others mattered. And I wanted other people to like me. And the only way I knew how to do that was to drink. And then I took that away, which was very confronting. So I became really self-aware after I gave up drinking. I wish I had been more of a leader and been more of a sort of Hyde Piper when it came mm. to drinking and and stopped and been like look I can do this which I'm, I'm trying to do now and trying to make up for my wily ways Hamish but I definitely wouldn't have given up in my 20s because I just didn't know it was a possibility even though I wish I probably would have done Yeah, yeah.
0: It is good though that you learnt that Using kids as an excuse is like the best thing about having kids. Yeah, <laughs> You helped her <laughs> so to give true. up booze. If, you, if there's a party you've been invited to and you don't want to go to, yeah. sorry, the kid's playing up. If you want to leave a party early because it's crap, sorry, my kid needs to get home for I a bath. Mean,
1: yeah, the That is
0: one of the perks. It is such a
1: massive <laughs> perk. The amount of times I've said, oh, sorry, I've got to go, my kid's got diarrhoea, <laughs> since being sober is... In the hundreds, I should say. I use it a lot. I think people think my kids are really badly looked after because they've always got diarrhea. You have told me
0: that. If I invite you over for dinner and you say, sorry, yes, we gotta right. go, like, we, had, we obviously the food must be shit, something's shit. She's used the diary excuse.
1: In the end, I had to sort of stand up, be tall and be honest about why I was stopping. And then no one could give me any peer pressure. I found that just being honest was enough for people to stop and not question what I was doing.
0: I guess that's the challenge, isn't it? Because when you give up booze, you're not just giving up booze. You're becoming the type of person that breaks the mould. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a full character shift. It's not just not drinking a drink you used to drink.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, by the time I gave up, I was so fed up with drinking. I knew no matter how hard anyone tried to persuade me, they would not win. And that actually gave me loads of confidence in myself. And a kind of knowing, like knowing in my heart that I was doing the right thing for me. And that was enough to rid me of ever feeling pressured into anything ever again. The most amazing thing, Hamish, that has come with my sobriety is not caring what people think about me. Mm -hmm. I really don't give a shit anymore. So that just kind of melts away from me now and I spent a life trying to fit in and created this reputation to keep everybody happy and it was a huge responsibility and I don't do that anymore. So no one can have anything over me anymore because I actually don't care if people like me or they don't.
0: So has it had a knock-on effect that you're now good at saying no to other things?
1: My boundaries, something that comes with sobriety is boundaries. Mm -hmm. I never had them before. People would take the piss out of me or be horrible to me. And I never knew how to deal with it. I never knew how to react to people. But now I understand when someone is unkind or someone's trying to peer pressure me or someone's doing something that I don't like, I know that I have to step up and sort of safeguard myself, which I do do a lot nowadays. And it's really satisfying. It's just satisfying, as we talked about in the last podcast, we talked about clarity and with sobriety you have clarity to understand yourself and understand what makes you happy and sometimes having people around you that are trying to make you do something you don't want to do is not right and therefore you sometimes have to cut them off. I need to learn
0: that yeah I'm I'm a yes man I'm too easy to get to do anything.
1: Yeah you are but that's sometimes you know it can be nice but it depends how far you take it. What's helped you? I think just letting go and choosing to live my life my way and knowing people are not doing it to be mean when they do pressure you. I was never doing it from a bad place. Mm -hmm. I was doing it because I didn't know any better. And I think if we have more understanding of why people put peer pressure on each other, really look at the deeper levels of it, it's actually probably someone who's really just wants to have fun with you. They just want you to go out and be on the same level as them. And they're just doing what they know. And again, sobriety brings an understanding and you sort of comprehend that I was bullying other people into drinking because I couldn't face my own problem. Yeah, I, I understand it does that say now. Something about the
0: person quite yeah, often, it's like isn't it? a mirror. Yeah. You know,
1: my behaviour was like a mirror in the end. It reminds me of that Gandhi quote actually. Eyebrow. Yeah. It's easy to stand <laughs> with the crowd. It takes courage to stand alone. Which is so true. So stepping out of that, that whole environment of peer pressure and friends telling you what to do and having these roles and expectations. You have to sort of stand up in sobriety and have some sort of courage to find who is within you underneath that kind of yeah. layer of beer and bravado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Has anyone tried to pressure you into drinking yet, home?
0: Yes. So the day that I announced that I was going to start doing this podcast and therefore I was sober, I got a few texts from, actually both from mates at home and mates here. The ones at home were saying, hey, the wedding's. Yeah. Or like the trip home. Come on. She'll never know. Yeah. There was a lot of she's in Australia. <laughs> yeah. She'll never know. I was like, I you know me better than that. I'm not gonna cheat yeah. when I'm in England in order to like win. Yeah. Uh, how can I look you in the face and do a podcast about this if I cheat? No. So I guess I guess that is something that I can use as a motivator is that I might be tempted but I literally can't cheat it would yeah. ruin this whole thing that it we've would. got going on
1: and I think your honesty is going to be a real benefit on this sober journey as mm. well because you can't cheat I don't think you yeah. could mentally no. or physically do it it would break you emotionally
0: yeah. exactly. I think I mentioned another <laughs> actually podcast. I'd like to
1: see you get broken emotionally break, break me <laughs>
0: Let's record it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And yeah, I had
0: a few texts from people in Sydney as well. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast about my alter ego, Diego. Yes. And people were worried that me not drinking meant that Diego might be dead. Yeah. Which he might be. We don't know. He might, he might come back. And so I guess I've been trying to prepare myself mentally for the fact that I am literally the only person in my circle of friends that doesn't drink. Yeah. I will be the only person at these weddings, unless there's someone's parents that I don't know, that doesn't drink. So my worry has been my response to it. So I'm Mm. picturing that I sit down at the dinner table, there are two strangers either side of me, someone fills up all the glasses of wine, and I have to say no thanks, and they will say, why? Now, I don't want to have the same conversation 100 times. I am colourblind, okay? So when people find out I'm colourblind, I have this 15-minute conversation, it's the same every time, about colourblindness. It's quite dull. It's fun for them. It's quite dull for me. Mm. It's the same, I feel, with anyone who's vegan. Once Mm. you find out they're vegan, the next 15 minutes of conversation, it's all about veganism. Mm. I don't want to say I don't drink and then have to go through this boring Mm. script about why I don't drink. I think it's such a dull conversation when we Mm. could be talking about something interesting. So I want to be prepared with good answers to just get people off my back. Okay. And you have got a few gems, I know. My favourite that you ever said was the two-worded expletive.
1: Yeah, which is "fuck off." Yes, yeah,
0: which I think might be aggressive.
1: Yes, if you're saying it's a friend's parents, I wouldn't really recommend. (laughs) I get the the grannies. Just say "toodle pip." (laughs) It's going to be that sort of wedding. "Toodle pip" to you, sir.
0: (laughs) But I think I'm trying to gain confidence from the fact that I've always kind of done things that my friends haven't. Yes. So I've always pursued a career that none of my friends have done. I've moved abroad. Mm. Most of my friends didn't. I did the clown school. Oh, so
1: you're better than your friends.
0: I'm above my friends. <laughs> <laughs> How do I put this nicely? I'm better than everyone Oh, I you're
1: superior to your friends. That's uh, what I'm saying.
0: I see, I see. And I think me giving up booze will only reinforce that the superiority complex yeah listen I am their role model delusions of grandeur <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that people can find something that they like doing which most of their mates don't okay? yeah most of us have got some weird passion um, for you Xena uh, not Zena, Zelda so if, if you can't then sobriety can be that thing. We've got something that we can hold on to and gain confidence from. Yeah,
1: that's good, actually. That's a good way of looking at it.
0: So we've established what peer pressure is and times when we have been affected by it. But the big question is how do we beat it? How do we release the pressure on what we call
1: peer? That's good. That's well put. There's a few things you can do. Okay. One of the first things is to have those answers that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Have something prepared before you go out for the peer pressure. If you're not drinking, people are going to wonder why, and they're going to poke you a little bit. It does happen, yeah. especially if somebody has had one too many. Mm-hmm. They're the worst yeah. kind of a. It's usually the same sort of person. Could probably be someone you don't know very well who's already had a few. They've got a bit of a red nose and red cheeks, mm-hmm. and they're feeling slightly aggressive. They're the ones that are going to give you a hard time. So they're going to say stuff like, why aren't you drinking again? Like, what's wrong with you? One for the road. Join the party. You know, all of those things. Of course, my famous one is just to tell them to fuck off, which of mm-hmm. course you can do. But I would say, try not to lie. Remember, you're a tiger and tigers never lie. Or is that elephants? I don't know. Or they that. don't forget. Do I elephants
0: think, forget? I think you've got a few half sayings and part right. of them together. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> we made a good decision, which was to ask the cuppa members and Instagrammers a few answers to this question. So I'm going to run through a few and then you'll go through your your two favourite. We've got, let's just see if you could have just one. Fuck off. Yeah. I also don't do heroin.
1: That's a good That's one. That's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, thanks. Which is weird. It's, oh yeah, I've never thought one. of that.
1: I had never, in my whole 25 years of binge drinking, there is not one time I thought about saying... No, thanks. Yes, that is
0: the PG version of Fuck Off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll come and visit you at 7am and we can discuss it then. That's so good. good. Yeah. Why do you care? I like this, yes. turning it on them.
1: Turn it on them, of course. What a brilliant way of doing yeah. it. Make it about them. Why do you care about me? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I've got no off switch yeah. and I don't find it serves me well. That's, That's quite a nice good one. Well. Yeah, I like
1: that one. I say things like it makes me feel mentally unwell. I don't need to explain something to you or sometimes I just say I'm sober. Yeah. That yeah. can be enough, but the two that I liked the most from our couple members were "Why are you so obsessed with me?" Beautiful, which is brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It really turns it around on them then. And "Why don't you go fuck yourself sideways with your lunchbox?" <laughs> <laughs> I love our audience, don't you? It's
0: great, isn't it? I, heard, I actually had a really good one. I like to add. It was on a podcast I had recently, and somebody said, "Drinking." Completed it, mate.
1: Oh, yes. Which is
0: quite good. Done. Yeah.
1: Done that. Been there.
0: Is there a way in avoiding the questions altogether? Maybe by letting someone know before you even reach the pub or the party so you don't have to go through this rigmarole of the same bullshit script. Yeah,
1: I mean, that is such a good idea to tell everybody before you go so you don't have to have those stupid conversations while you're out and waste the time explaining when you just could be relaxing and having fun. You don't need to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't hang out with annoying people that are trying to make you do something you don't want to do, like me. Don't hang out with the beer bully. Don't hang out with Vic. That's the the big takeaway from this episode is don't hang out with Vic. Don't hang around with me more (laughs) Than five years ago. (laughs) I'm all right now, though. (laughs) Don't be annoyed. You are holding a mirror up to their drinking, and the self reflection is very uncomfortable for people to see. You are doing something they're not capable of, and they can't handle it. Classic persecutor or intimidator behaviour is to attack something you don't understand. Mm. I did it for years. I find those people are the people that pop up in my inbox asking about sobriety. The ones, Hamish, that have always been giving me the hard time for the last five years are the ones that suddenly are emailing me asking Mm. for my help. So I realise I don't have to be mean to these people that are asking these questions because I think at the end of the day they're going to be the ones asking for help.
0: Well, you are a walking example of that. You say you were the biggest peer pressure and now you are the biggest sober person like, yeah. <laughs> it was clearly a mirror that you weren't aware of at the time
1: absolutely
0: remember you don't have to go there's nothing wrong with saying no you might lose a few mates the boys weekends might not want a self-righteous teetotaler turning up but those are mates you can afford to lose
1: it says teetotal turnip you've got to do that did you
0: I I didn't know that was a typo <laughs>
1: I just thought it was
0: funny. <laughs> T-Total its quite nice. Teetotal total at turning up on a trip is yeah. nice use of alliteration. I'm sorry I ignored
1: it. Oh, that's funny. People don't want on a boys' night some sober dork in the corner, do they? Like saying, no, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. But the more people that do that and be the sober dork for that weekend the more people it sort of opens up the laneway for other people to come and be sober in that environment again. So do it. Be the leader. I'm at a boys weekend reminding them that I'm above them. What an arsehole. Yeah, what an asshole. But those are the times you've really got to push it, Hamish. Come on. So don't let the fear of what others might think of you keep you drinking. I do love this one, Ham. You never know what people are really thinking. It's likely they think you act like a twat when you're wasted and are probably secretly happy they don't have to carry you to bed anymore. Yes. People could actually be relieved that you're giving up. Something that I discovered after I gave up, Hamish, was a couple of mates of mine, I went back and I asked them and said, what was I like when I was drinking? You know, was I just a laugh like I thought I was? Mm-hmm. And my one of my mates in particular, Katie, she said to me, we were always worried about you. Mm-hmm. And it was a real shock to me. A real eye-opener so sometimes the people that you think are judging you are actually worried about you because you're always so wasted they never know where you've gone or what, whether you've got a taxi home or whether you're yeah. safe in your bed so sometimes people are worried about you and I didn't know that until I gave up drinking so go back and ask those people because it is really interesting and it really highlights the problem yeah. it definitely did for me that's a good tip what will your mates think? Will you still get invited out, do you reckon, Hamish? I
0: don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We don't know that many people up here. So I guess when I'm back in London and it's all, most of my mates are in London, I guess I'll really find out. I hope they don't ghost me. I hope they'll just accept me and my choices and understand I'm doing this for me and my family. My approach is just to be honest people can't argue with that they can't get too arsy about it so that's my plan going in and I will let you know when I get back whether or not my friends are arseholes or not
1: yeah I don't think they will be (laughs) and I think that's one of the most wonderful surprises is that nowadays because so many people are going sober and it's quite a normal thing to do due to health or addiction or whatever your reason is it's a very accepted thing to do not by everybody and not by Mm. every circle of friends but I think the people that you care about Hamish when you go back to England and see everybody, the ones that really love you and the ones that care about you are just going to go, that's amazing, now let's get on with our night. And there's not going to be too many questions and not too many moments when you're put on the spot. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone whom fitting in has always taken precedent over your physical and mental health, then now is the time to make a change. We have used and succumbed to
0: peer pressure throughout our lives when drinking. It's often the easy way out. Conform, blend in, don't rustle any feathers. But for those of us who have taken the decision to go sober, this is no longer an option.
1: The chances are most of your friends still drink alcohol, unless you're picky and have met an entire new social circle on copper. So don't be scared of saying no to peer pressure. Be proud of your decision to no longer throw booze down your neck. You're a fizzy water warrior <laughs> now. And no matter what anyone thinks, you're a bloody hero to us.
0: Just believe in yourself and have the backbone to go against the grain. Your true friends and family won't care, and you might just inspire them to be more assertive in the things they want to change in their lives.
1: Yes, take a stand, everybody. Come on, let's do this. If you are sober or thinking of giving it a try, then let us know about how you've been navigating any potential peer pressure on cuppa, or give us an email at vickenhamish at soberawkward.com. So I'm going to hop in here, Vic. Yes. Because we usually end every other podcast
0: with you setting me a sober challenge. Yeah, I've got a challenge for you. no. Oh. You're going to bank it because I want to set you a challenge.
1: Oh no! You are not Please, the completed no. form
0: of a human, and I think there are still challenges that I can set to you.
1: I thought I'd got away with this, Hamish, no. by having five I'm years of sobriety fed up under my with, belt.
0: Fair that would get given awkward shit to do every weekend. It's about I <laughs> get my own back. Fair enough. So I am going to challenge you mm. this week. I'm going to drive you down to Brisbane. Oh, when I'm going to take you that's true you have children and uh, more of a life than I have I'm really free as a bird I'm going to drive you down to Brisbane that's
1: why I'm available it's because I have three children at home I'm up for anything anytime anytime Anytime. I
0: get out we are going to go visit my friends at the Breath Collective and we're going to get you in an ice bath oh god yeah we're gonna do a we're gonna do a half day. It's yep. gonna be a holotropic breath workshop. Wow! And then it's ice
1: baths. I've been watching Russell Brand doing them actually yep. on Instagram. I am kind of intrigued about it. I am partial to a bit of cold water. I don't mm-hmm. mind. I've been in the ocean today and it was pretty cold. Is is that comparable? The
0: ocean today was twenty degrees. Right. The ice bath will be between four and six. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh my golly yeah. gosh, Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be
0: there the same time as you.
1: And what is the purpose of me doing this? A lot of
0: dopamine gets released, which we've discussed is good because that's what gets released when you booze. Right. And my balls go very small, then your nipples will be erect.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, lots well, of I'm benefits. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I want to have a day out. <laughs>
0: I'm sure there's lots of other scientific <laughs> benefits, but yeah, oh, basically gosh. that's the fun Are we're doing
1: that this weekend, we're are we? We're doing
0: it on Sunday, yeah.
1: Oh my God, I'm excited. Have you booked it already, I have you? I booked it. Oh, yes. Okay, that'd be fun. I'm excited about that, Hamish. Great.
0: We're going to finish this podcast with a quote. And this is quite a blokey one. This is Bruce Lee, mm. probably the the most hardcore dude ever. Mm. So it is, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine.
1: There you go, that says it all. We may key. as well cancel out the entire podcast and just read that quote out. Because mm-hmm. if everyone can drum that into their soul, then we're all going to be a bit better off. In life, you don't have to live up to anybody. It's about you and your life and your journey. As long as you're kind and as long as you're giving to others and the world, I think Bruce Lee's pretty spot on there.
0: Get it on a T-shirt and then you can just point when people ask why you don't drink yeah. and they yeah. can piss off. There you go, that would <laughs>
1: be a perfect T-shirt, Hamish. I'll get that made up for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, It's Bloody hell. Have they share it? I don't know, just write it
0: on the... Nurses, we just want to thank you for everything you do. We are shiftkey.com. Log on today and connect to open PRN shifts in your area. Work when you want, where you want. You can even get paid next day. ShiftKey.com. Start today.
1: Hi there. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
1: Moonpig.com So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck upery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We
0: always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are,
1: there, are there bad bookstores? Probably ones with moody, moody oh, sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah.
0: depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good.
1: yes. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only
0: made it into the goodies.
1: <laughs> you can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think?